We are in the series of Break Free, and uh, I love this series. I, uh, we did it last year, right? And it's just so powerful because, because literally you break free from strongholds, from things that, that tie you down. And, and Shave started us, started us off last week with the message of the battle of the mind and how, how so many times like there are things in our mind that really pull us away from God or, or, you know, even mess with the way that we think or our thought process and they determine our lives. And so, and so Shafe really broke down this, the, the practical, like the, the practicality of the Bible to combat these things and, uh, and the power of God to transform our mind. And, and hey, let me tell you, when God transforms your mind and, and begins to work in your mind, that freedom in your mind begins to work through to other areas of your life. And so uh, Shafe preached that last week. That was a lot of fun. And and uh, yeah, I want to share, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. It says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds are, are anything that won't let you go. They're things that, that tie you down. And, and it goes on to say, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So we take captive the lies, and we make it obedient to Christ. We take captive our thought pattern, and we make it obedient to the ways of life, the ways that bring us fullness and hope and, and fulfillment and satisfaction in our lives. We take that stronghold, and we make it obedient to Christ. You know, the stronghold in that passage just means a prisoner of deception. It means you are a prisoner of, a, of deception if you have a stronghold of your life. It's like that thing's not even there. It's not even really real, but yet we're subject to it. We're captive by it. And so these strongholds in, in our lives, Christ doesn't want us to stay there. You know, Christ doesn't want us to live under something that's not true. He actually wants us to, to be delivered from them. And so that's what we're going to be speaking about tonight. And I have the awesome privilege of speaking about sexual strongholds. I'm stoked to be here. We're not going to shy away from it. We're going to embrace it. So everyone, breathe in and breathe out. We're going to get through this. It's going to be good. We're not going to make it awkward. Hey, can we thank River uh, for keys? You know, uh, we are under assault as a church. We, we are really under assault as a church. You know, we're seeing the rise of, of sexuality in our culture, and it's just really persistently every day in our, in our face. Like, people are making money. Like, people are paying money for you to see sexualized images. People are, are literally paying for you to see advertising that, that really corrupts your mind. There, there's, there's a war that we're a part of, and we're seeing it rise up in our culture, and this whole, this whole sexualization of everything. But let me tell you that, you know, sex... Uh, outside of the parameters of what God designed it to be, can really be destructive. You know, it can be so good, but it can be destructive if we don't do it in the right way. Um, you know, it can destroy people's lives. It can, it can control us. And there's this, the Bible says that just before the return of Christ, so when Christ returns and, uh, and takes us to heaven, just before the, the end of days, it says it will be like the days of Noah and Lot. What was unique about the days of Noah and Lot is it was a very sexualized culture. People were living these I don't care sort of lives. I'll just go with the flow sort of lives. Like whatever happens, happens. It was really sexualized. And, you know, we're seeing the rise of this 
in our culture right now. We're seeing it happen. It's, we can all agree, I believe, that we, it's, it's getting worse. It's, it's coming you know, to the forefront. And so the crazy thing is, I believe that we have the answers. The, the, the Bible is full of the answers. We have the answers and the solution to this. But the problem is, is that if we stay silent, if we stay silent in this area, if we just let it happen, then the world will have answers to the problems that we all face. The world will have the wrong answers to the problems. And so we have to break the stigma. We have to break the stigma. You know, every single one of us, so here's the thing, right? Every single one of us is, is living in this fallen world. We're all fallen. So none of us are sitting in this place being like, I don't, I don't want anyone to sit in this place and just be like, oh, you know, he's preaching about me. I'm preaching about all of us. We're all subject to this. We all have to battle this. We're all fallen. There's no different levels of fallenness. My sin isn't worse than your sin. Your sin isn't worse than my sin. We all have to battle this. We all are in this world that just is trying to suck us into this trap. We're all fallen, and we're all in the same hospital. We're all in the same place. You know, Christ describes the church. He says, I didn't come here for for the, uh, the healthy, I came here for the sick. You know, this church, this place is a place where we can talk about these things. We can begin to put them on the surface and, and say, hey, let's deal with this. Let's let Christ work on this area. Um, but let's not stay in our, in our fallenness. Let's not stay there. Let's begin to work on this thing. And so, yeah, let's break the stigma today. I, you know, being in church, being, spending time in church, we sort of get the perception that sex is dirty, it's ugly, it's bad, Save it for the one that you love. Like, save it for your, for your wife, for your husband. It's like, there's this terrible thing that we can't talk about. We put it in this little box. But let's be real. Like, we all deal with it. We all talk about it. Um, but here's the truth, right? You've never experienced sex to its full potential. You've never experienced it to its full potential until you do it in the parameters that it was designed to be done in. Like, we're not missing out. We're not, we're not the ones. We are able to experience it to its full potential, to its full design, because we do it in the parameters that God has designed it to be. And the Bible, you know, the Bible talks about sex a lot. The Bible isn't shy about this. There's a whole book about sex. But, you know, this is what's crazy, right? The Proverbs, the, the book of wisdom in the Bible. This is the wisdom book. If you want wisdom in the Bible, you go to Proverbs. Proverbs 5 says, May her breast satisfy you always, and may you be captivated by her love. That's what the, the Bible talks about this. The Bible isn't shy about this. Come on, the Bible. <laughs> Someone said amen in that. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's, em- let's embrace the fact that, that God has some powerful, life-giving advice for, for, uh, on this topic. Let's remove the stigma. Stop letting the world define the way that we view sex. Stop letting, you know, movies and Netflix and all these voices define the way that we view it. But let's actually talk about it and, and open ourselves up and say, hey, God, what do you say about this? What do you say about this topic? And so let's, let's start talking about it and let's let God's way work in our lives. Hey, I've got this verse, um, this passage I want to read. It's Romans 1, 21 to 25. And we're going to break it down. It says, yes, they knew God. So this isn't the world. This isn't the, the non-Christians, this is the religious type. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God. So, you know, worship isn't just our singing, worship is our posture. It's the way we live our lives. It's, you know, it's, it's the fact that we say, hey, God, you're the God of my life. You're wrong, I'm right, I'm going to go your way, I'm going to submit to you. They wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began 
to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And isn't that happening today? Like, we're redefining God's standard to fit our lives. Like, the world is redefining God's standard. Like, hey, we tried that, and now we're just going to do it our own way. Redefining God's standard to fit our lives. But we all know, we all know that the world is going this way. It it doesn't take, um, you know, much to look around and see. It says, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. As a result, you know, try it if you want. You know, you can, you can go, we, we don't want you to, but you can go out there and try it that way if you want. But you'll become dark and confused. This is what I love about church, is that when people go out there and they try it that way, it's sort of like, hey, you'll be back and we'll be stoked when you're back. It's like, you can, you can do it that way, just come back. Just, just try it and come back into this place. But, you know, it really, dark and confused, it can feel like the hollowing of our souls, you know, when, when, when we view sex in our own way, when we come up with our own understanding of it, and we go down this path and, it's, and, and we end up dark and confused, it just feels like we're empty on the inside, we've got nothing to give. It feels like brokenness, it feels like confusion, not knowing where to go. And, and some of us are here today and we feel like that. You know, many of us are here today and we feel like that. We feel like, you know... We've gone down this path and, and, and we don't know. Like it's confusing. It's, it's painful. It's hurtful. You know, the world, this is why the world comes up with, with words like, you know, even orientation. And words like, you know, I don't know where I am, so I'm just going to pick away and go that way. You know, that's why the world, you know, go, has phrases like, it's about how I feel. Or, you know, I just need to find out who I am. I need to go on this journey and, and figure out who I am. I'm just on this journey. But Hey, can I encourage you, plug yourself into what God says you are. Plug yourself into who God says you are. I, as a non-Christian, used to have this view that God's way of relationship over my life was the hard way and the world way was was the easy way. But now looking on the other side of it, I'm like, man, how draining does it sound to just be on this feeling journey? I'm just going to feel my way. Oh, not that way, this way. I can't really see. I'm just going to feel my way through and, and whatever happens, happens. How draining does that sound? Let me tell you that right now in this place, God says you are loved, you are purposed, you have a hope, you have a future, you are his son and you are his daughter. You don't need to feel out anything. It's written down in a list for you. God has the exact way for you. Your purpose is set out. And let me tell you, that way is so much easier than that way. You know, the dark end up dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools. You know, we got it right. The church is old-fashioned. The church is out of date. We, we've got this. But as a result, they did vile and degrading things to each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. And so what we're going to be doing today, right now, is exposing some of the lies that the world has about sex. We're going to be just exposing some of the lies that the world has about sex. So the first lie, if you want to take notes, just permission to get out your phones, take notes. Um, the first lie is that sex is an animalistic action. We'll go there. We'll go there. You know, I respond to my feelings. I respond to my emotions. You know, you know what animals do? They, they, they respond to their urges. They go wherever their urges take them. Hungry, I'm going to eat. You know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just they respond to urges. We're not animals. We are humans. You don't have to respond to your feelings. Your feelings don't define you. You know, you're not how you feel, but you are who God says you are. If I followed my feelings, I wouldn't be a pastor. 
you know, let's be real. Like, I wouldn't be here today. I didn't really feel like preparing a message today. I didn't really feel like choosing the sacrifices. You know, if I, if I followed my feelings, I don't know where I would be. We have to constantly subject our feelings towards God, our feelings and desires, and say, hey, God, this is how I feel, but I want your way. God, this is, this is you know, it's real, it's there, but I'm not going to live by it. I'm going to follow your way. You know, you're following your feelings equals trouble every time. It equals trouble every time. But when we submit ourselves to God, it equals freedom. You know, night number two is that sex is a recreational activity. And like some of you, I'm sure, you know, I would have thought this, you know, you're making too much of this. It's, it's just a bit of fun. But it's so much more than a recreational activity, right? God wanted there to be a union that went so much deeper than just the physical. He designed it for there to be a union that was so much deeper than just the surface level. You know, the first mention of this union was that two shall become one flesh. But it's more than just one flesh. It's also, you know, the, the bonding of their souls. It's so much more than just the physical. It's so much more than just the, the fun. And, and it's deeper than that. And the statistics back this up. You don't have to look far before you see how, you know, uh, sexual promiscuity leads down this path of, of really destructive things in your life. It, 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 there's stats everywhere around that. And so sex is so much more than just a recreational activity. It has the power to be life-giving or life-draining. It has, has the power to, to really like fulfill your life or take away from your life. And so it's so much more than just a recreational activity. Line number three is that sex is an isolated activity. Now once it's done, it's done. You know, it stays in the context of that moment. I can click on that, and then I can click off that. No, you can't. It sticks with you. God designed it actually for a bit of you to stay with it and a bit of it to stay with you. It's, it's not just a one-time thing. It follows. It follows. It sticks. You know, the world markets this message. You know, the world says it's just a one-night stand. It's just a, a one-time event. You know, it's so much more than that. It follows you in the days after, weeks, months, years. You take this with you. You know, another one we see in movies is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? But it's not true. What happens in Vegas follows you into your next relationship. What happens at that party follows you into your marriage. It, it actually stays with you. It doesn't, just, it doesn't just happen. Like, we all know this, right? But the reality of this is it affects it affects our future relationships. You know, I want to tell you that that's something that God can heal. That, you know, even though it exists outside that moment, that God can heal that. He can restore that and He can bring you to fullness again. Number four is that sex is just physical. And it's way more than just physical. It's spiritual. You know, there's more of your problems in your life that can be fixed in the spiritual um, than you realize. More of the, the things that are going on in your life are spiritual more than just physical. You know, we are made in the image of God. Each of, each of us, we're made in the image of God. That doesn't mean, you know, we look like God. We all look different. How would that work? It means that we are made, like what's different between us and animals? We have a spirit. We have a, we have a soul. We, actually, we are actually spiritual beings. We are made in the image of God. And we're not just, you know, human beings having this spiritual experience. We're actually spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. And so when we, when we have sex, we need to understand that it's more than just physical. It's more than just, you know, bodies and, and flesh, but it's actually 
spiritual. It's actually so much deeper than that. Why? Life? Because God wanted you to experience this intimacy in your life. He wanted you to experience the, the, the fullness, the, the most uh, intimate you can be with another human. He gave this to you as a gift. Now, I love uh, Josh's analogy of a fire before. Because sex is, is sort of like that. God's like, hey, come close. It's going to be good. But make sure you put the bricks around it. You know, come and get warm around this fire. But make sure you put the right boundaries. Make sure you put the right parameters around it. Because if you don't, that fire can either be a warming thing or it can be a destructive thing. It can be something that actually enhances your life or it can be something that takes away. You know, sex is, it's about love and real love. You want to understand real love? It's, it's actually defined by a commitment to a person, not a feeling. Real love isn't about a feeling. It's a commitment to a person. It's a commitment to another person. It's so much deeper than, than just how you feel. Anytime you engage in sexual activity and you leave the commitment out of it, you remove yourself from the very thing God designed it to be. Let me say that again. Anytime you engage in sexual activity and you leave the commitment out of it, you remove yourself from the very thing it was designed to be. Every time you engage in sexual activity and you leave the person out of it, you know, pornography, it's, it's one-sided. It's You're leaving the person out. It's a one-sided thing. Every time you engage in sexual activity and you leave the person out of it, you remove yourself from the very intimacy it was there to create. And the enemy uses this. See, it's not just in that area, but the enemy uses this. He attacks your intimacy. He attacks your ability to, to build these relationships. He attacks your ability to, to be united with other people. And so what it means is, is that one-time thing that you click on, it stays around. It affects your intimacy. It carries on. And it just goes down the chain. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 17 says, Don't you realize that your bodies are actually part of Christ? You know, isn't Christ in a... Isn't, Christianity about a building or a place or church. No, God dwells in us. God, we, we are part of Christ. We are members of Christ. You know, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So don't you realize that your bodies are so much more, are so uh, actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? The word join means, means to glue, to fuse permanently, like stuck together. Sleeping uh, with a temple prostitute as well was a form of pagan worship. And so should a man uh, take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a temple prostitute? Never. And do you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? The scripture says the two are united into one. You know, it's so much more than physical. The, your soul is fused. It's a fusing. It's a glue. And so what do we do? It says Run from sexual sin. Run away from it. Run away from it. It's not something that's there to manage. You don't just like, oh, you know, when it gets to this level, I'll, no, run. Like, run away from it. Do your best to get away, with, away from it. It doesn't matter where you are. We all battle it. Like, it's something we all struggle with. And so, hey, let's run from sexual sin and come and share your struggles and we won't judge you. It's like, yeah, I've been there. Like, you know, we're all struggling with this. Let's do it together. Bible says no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So it's big because you're not just sinning against God, you're sinning against yourself. 
You're hurting yourself as well. So don't you realize that your, body's, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So do you, you do not belong to yourself, for you were bought at a high price. When Christ died for your salvation, you accepted, into, accepted him into your life. You were bought at a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And mate, you may be sitting in this place and, and uh, hey, we all struggle with this. I want to remind you that we all, there's not, just, um, there's not just one person. There's not even like the Christians and the, and the unbelievers. If you're an unbeliever in this place, that's cool. That's cool. But this is all of us, no matter where we are, what part of our journey we're on. And so what I want to give you is, is four tips to overcome the sex trap. You know, some of you in this place are, are sexually addicted. Some, some, of, some of us in this place are, are sexually ashamed or, you know, in a flirtatious relationship. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 and verse 7 says, God, God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. So, hey, let's talk about this. Let's do it together. Let's have some practical tips from the Bible to strengthen our lives so that we can experience it in its fullness. Let's go. So point number one is, hey, let's make a commitment to do it God's way. It's like, you don't have to feel it. You choose it. I don't have to wait for a feeling like, oh, yep, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to choose right now to do it God's way. I'm going to choose. That's step number one. I need to choose to do it God's way. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate my life. I'm going to make a choice that God knows what he's doing because he designed it. You know, maybe you're struggling with this right now. Maybe... You've had a few sexual relationships. Maybe you're in this place and, and you've come from an abusive relationship and, you, and you're carrying it with you. Or maybe you're battling with pornography in this place and it's just something that you can't get rid of. It's just coming back around. And maybe your soul, you're in this place and your soul just feels like it's hollowed out. Can I just encourage you, like, just turn around. Just, just turn around. Choose to walk away from it. Choose to just, hey, that's not me. I'm going to walk towards God. Hey, I'm not, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not even, that's not me anymore. I'm not that. I'm going to go this way. You know, God's arms will be wide open and, and so will ours. As we go on this journey, we're just going to be like, hey, awesome. Like, let's, let's do this together. Let's make a commitment to do it God's way. Be like, I was like that too. We're not going to shame you. So Isaiah 118 says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Though, though they were so like potent and, and God's going to purify it. There's, there's a cleanliness that comes, you know, from God. There's a cleanliness that God wants to bring into your life. He will restore you. He's saying, hey, I want to bring you back into fulfillment. I want to bring you back into joy. I want to bring, bring you back into wholeness in this area in your life. You don't need to feel bad about it anymore. The shame is removed. I am restoring you. You know, that's what, ha that's what happens when we choose to turn away from it, when we choose to walk towards God in this area. God is bringing us back to fullness, but we have a role. We have a role in this, right? God is doing it, but we have a role. 2 Corinthians six seventeen to 18 says, Therefore, come out from the unbelievers, and separate yourselves from them. Says the Lord, do not touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So make a choice. Come out from the unbelievers. Come out from the ways of the world. Come out from, from those patterns and those habits, and choose God. You know, 
the, the most misunderstood word in Christianity is the word repent because it's like got all these negative connotations and I need to you know, get down on my knees and go to a cubicle and, and, and you know, get, a, get a priest to pray. No, repent just means, hey, I was walking, oh, I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to go God's way. I'm, uh, I, was, I was walking towards that, but repent just means, oh, that's not the right way. Oh, I'm going to go back towards, back towards God. Repent is just, hey, you can, make, you can repent in a moment. It's just a heart's, it's just a heart's uh, focus to walk towards God. It's a heart's choice. And so, hey, let's make the decision. Let's make the commitment. I'm not going to walk that way anymore. I know that's destructive. I know that's hurting my life. But, hey, God's got a way of fullness. He wants to bring cleanliness in my life, wholeness, fullness, joy in this area. Let's go that way. Number two is manage your mind. Now, we're going to have to figure out a way to, to manage our thought process. There's a practicality to this. We're just going to have to figure it out. There is an onslaught of attacks daily, daily. We're just, it's all over the place. You know, pornography's revenue is, is greater than the revenue of Stan, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Foxtel, and YouTube combined with about 10 billion to spare. That's how much revenue is cut. Every major streaming service, if they join together, like pornography's revenue would still be higher. How crazy is that? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so we have to figure out a way to deal with this. You know, the average age of someone, someone's first time watching porn is 10 to 11. 10 to 11. You know, the internet is one of the greatest gifts to our generation, but it's also one of the greatest curses. And the reason is, is because it's too accessible. It's too, it's everywhere. You know, you can just, like, the moment you want it is the moment you can get it. And so this is why we cannot live carelessly in this area of our lives. We can't be naive about the fact that there's just an attack, an onslaught from the enemy. The struggle is real, and all of us have to deal, it with, deal with it in some ways. You know, we have, to, we have to put in ways to manage our mind. And so, you know, we'll never judge you. We'll never, but we need to manage our minds. We need to figure out a way. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is bad, it'll pollute the rest. You know, what goes into your mind is important because if it goes into your mind and that gets polluted, then it will pollute the rest. If it goes in there, it's going to pollute the rest. Hey, if you're struggling with, um, oh, sorry, there's another verse. In Romans 8, 5 to 6, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sin, uh, sinful things. In other words, if you're struggling with, with, with sin in your life, maybe it's because you're letting it into your mind. You're, you're dwelling on it. You're allowing yourself to think about it. We need to just like, don't let your mind go there. Don't, don't even go there. It's TV. It's Netflix. It's, it's TikTok. It's everywhere. It's Facebook. Verse goes on to say, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Holy Spirit. So don't let your sinful nature control your mind. So letting your sinful nature controls you, control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, letting your sinful nature control your mind results in death. I, I can't have that. I, I can't have that in my life. You know, for me personally, I have a one-strike policy with any account on my social media. If you post something bad, it's instant unfollow, like instant. I've had that since I was 17. I'm like, I unfollow close friends because of photos. I'm just like, hey, I can't have that in my life. I'm just getting attacked left, right, and center. I don't need you to add to that as well. 
It's, it's unfollowed. That's something I need to do in my life. It's the main reason I don't have TikTok. I don't want to see you dancing in your yoga pants. I'm sorry, but I can't have that. That's a rule. I need. Short shorts, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't have that. And I don't know what that looks like in your life. I don't know. You don't have to adopt the same rules that I have. But hey, hey, we're going to have to figure out. We're going to have to figure this out. We can't just live and hope that it's going to be okay because there is an onslaught. It's a battle. The two options are, are fight or surrender. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that you have to do it like that, but hey, let's, let's be real about it. Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will refuse to, let any, uh, to look at anything vile and vulgar. It's like if I see it, I want it. So I don't even want to see it. It's like, nope. We need to control. We need to allow ourselves to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because when we do that, it actually leads us to life and peace and freedom. And so, hey, let's manage our minds. Let's, let's get serious about this because it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. It's the sort of thing that will just, it can lead to so much life and fulfillment. And, and the best thing is to, to make it to marriage and to have this wholeness. But you don't want to take brokenness and, and fullness into your, into your marriage, into your future relationships. Let's manage our minds. Number three is maintain healthy relationships. We need to build good relationships in our life and break off the bad relationships. Now, if you're in a bad relationship right now and you know it, just break it off. You don't have to wait weeks and months and go, no, just text them, break them off. Bro- just break it off. You know, if you're, if you're with someone that you know you shouldn't be with, then break it off. You know, ladies in this place, if you're with someone that is making you feel uncomfortable, asking you to do uncomfortable things, then, then text them right now in this message. Break it off. Hey, let's, let's maintain healthy relationships and build strong, sorry, maintain healthy relationships and break off unhealthy relationships. And, you know, it's not guys. You know, those friendships that you have, those, those guys, like, you know, boys will just be boys. They say these comments about girls. I don't really, but they say it and, you know, it is. No, cut it off don't allow that thinking to corrupt your mind they're not the people you want to be around with that will pollute you let's break off those negative relationships 1 corinthians 15 33 says don't be fooled for bad company corrupts good character you know what's crazy about this you could have the best character you could you could you, you could have the best character worship on fire for god loving it you could be corrupted if you're not around the right character. If you, if, if you have bad company, you could be corrupted. It's all about making sure that you have good company around you. It doesn't matter how good your character is. Who are you around? Who are you hanging out with? Bad company corrupts good character. The positive side of this is recruit people in your lives that, that build you up. Recruit people in your lives that have your back, that allies. Find people that you can turn to and just be like, hey, I need you to watch me. I need you just to like, just make sure because I need some help in this area. I need you to watch me. Ash and I, my wife, we have Find My Friends on all the time. Like, you know, iPhone users, it's like, you know, Ash knows where I am 24-7. It's like, hey, I just, I need you. I don't even want to go there. I'm just going to like, watch me. I don't want to mess with that stuff. And so, you know, we need to bring people into our lives and just say, hey, I'm an open book. I'm an open book. And I need you to be the one that tells me the truth. I need you to be the one that tells me, hey, that guy ain't the one, you know. That girl, you know, you need to stop hanging out with her. I need people in my lives, in my life to, to, 
tell me the truth. And so maybe you need someone in your life to even watch your internet. You know, there's so many programs that we can use for accountability and strength in this area. Hey, let's not even mess with that. Let's just go all in. Hey, I need some help in this area. I'm human. I need some help. It's a serious response because it's a serious, serious battle for fullness in your life. And so find the people in your life that will spur you on into healthier habits and healthier relationships. You know, James 5, 16 says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. Why? Because you should feel bad? No. Why? Because you, should, you, should, because you have to? No. So that you may be healed. Talk to people and let them pray over you. If you want to be healed, then find someone and be like, Hey, can you pray for me in this area? I need some people praying for me in this area. You know, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, I am there also. It's like your prayers on your own are powerful, but when you get some people around you, when you get some people to come and battle with you, that's when your prayers become powerful and you begin to see these things broken off. And so, hey, sexual sin, this, this, this thing is so much more than just the physical, and so we need to attack it um, with the very weapons it's attacking us with. It's spiritual, and so let's attack it with spiritual weapons. Let's attack it with prayer. Let's attack it with uh, with prayer and fasting into breakthrough. And this is why we have dinner parties. This is why we have dinner parties at Ocean's Church is because we need good people around us. It's more than just, than just this topic. It's in every area of my life. I need good people around me. I need people that will journey with me and build me up. And, but dinner parties are great for this because if you go to a dinner party, then there will be people around there and you can just grab someone you trust in that dinner party and be like, hey, I need you to journey with me in this area. I need to tell you I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Can you watch me? I need help in this area. Dinner parties, if you're not in a dinner party, get to a dinner party. You'll find those good, that good company that will build up good character. Come on, let's, uh, let's build strong friendships in your dinner party. And hey, let's, let's say, I need help. And the last thing is, number four, is magnify God's plan for your life. You know, it's so much easier to run from something, uh, so much easier to run to something when you're not running from something, you know. If you run from something, you end up like, you know, just obsessing about it. I find this every time I get like in little cycles of like eating Maccas for a week in a row. I'm like... I need to stop eating Maccas. 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 I need to eat Maccas. I need to eat Maccas. Maccas. I need to go to Maccas. 10% off on my My Maccas app. I'm going to take that. Thank you, Lord. Hey, isn't that so real, though? Isn't that so real? We're like, oh, no, no pornography, no pornography. I'm going to run it. No relationship. I don't want that. I'm, uh, no, no. But hey, we need to actually know what we're running to. The good thing about God is he's not just delivering from something. He's delivering us to something. Come on. Hey, can I get us to stand right now? Now, I want to remind you that God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. God actually wants to show his glory to the world through you. I've lost my notes, but that's okay. You know, let's begin to actually just start walking in our purpose. Let's begin to start walking in our... That's why we, we, we have serving teams. Do you know that, that actually... 
uh, 50 people every week volunteer at Ocean's Church, at this Ocean's Church. In this place, there are 50 people right now serving, giving up time. Every week, we know, we know the numbers. It's around 50 each week. We have about, you know, 98 people that call Ocean's Church home. 80 of them are volunteers. We really value volunteering because we see it so much more than that. We actually see it as you fulfilling God's purpose in your life. You're living for so much more than just yourself. You're actually seeing God use you to help other people. And so that's why we, we, we go on about serving. And the reason it's so good is because it reminds us of our purpose. When we're struggling with these things, when we're struggling, you know, with, with the week to week and our relationship with God, sometimes it helps just to have something that you're like, hey, I need to be there. I don't really feel like going this week, but I'm going to be there and I'm going to, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve others because I am walking in my purpose. Can I encourage you? Let's start walking in our purpose. Start looking at God's purpose. You know, the Bible is full with God's purpose for your life. If you, if you want to battle this, begin to magnify God. Begin to let His Word infiltrate your life. Begin to cleanse your mind. Let's start walking in our purpose. You know, I love that the greatest growing journeys, the greatest stories of people growing in their relationship with God happen when people start serving. You know, some of the greatest stories of growth happen in people that have stepped into some area of leadership. When we planted this church, it's, it's in our heritage that when we planted this church, we didn't, like Shafe and Jess didn't plant this church with a group sent out from another church. No, Shafe messaged all of his friends on Facebook, half of which weren't Christian, who joined the church, started building the church. They didn't even believe in God, but they're like, I don't know, I'm just going to do something, lift up curtains, I'm here. And then through that journey, they've grown, they've overcome strongholds, they've overcome battles. Hey, let's begin to walk out God's purpose. Our kids pastor right now wasn't a Christian when she joined Perth, Ocean's Perth. Our host hospitality leader, Courtney out the back, wasn't even Christian when he started leading the team. And look at what God can do through that just, hey, I'm available. I'm walking in my purpose. I'm not going to just not look at that anymore. I'm going to start looking towards you, God. Hey, let's walk in God's purpose. Let's dig our roots in and let's overcome this. Hey, can I just pray for you right now? Actually, can we have that verse up, my last verse? It says, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, With promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let us make a clean break with everything that defiles us or distracts us, both within and without. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy for te- uh, unholy temples of worship of God. And let's pray. God, we just come before you. We thank you that, that you don't judge us. You don't condemn us. You're not ashamed of us. You don't feel the shame that we feel over ourselves. All you feel for us is love, that your arms are open wide. And and so, God, I just pray that these things, they wouldn't control us anymore. We wouldn't be prisoners of deception, but we would be free. We would be living free and whole lives. God, I just pray over every person in this place, God, that they would experience full whole relationships in their lives, God, that they would break off strongholds, break off thought patterns, break off addictions in Jesus' name, break off unhealthy relationships. Holy Spirit, would you give them strength? Would you give them courage? Thank you that it's not by our might, but it's you that transforms our hearts and our minds, Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray, would you come and transform us? Would you come and move among us? Would you come and refresh us, God? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.